After a long sabbatical of procrastination and life, I have returned to finish our trilogy on creativity. In today's episode, I sit down with Mason Curry, the author of Daily Rituals and Daily Rituals Women at Work. We tackle one of my leading questions about creativity, how to create when it feels like the world is swallowing you. I am Taylor Bledsoe, and this is Aiming for the Moon podcast, where I interview interesting people from a teenage perspective. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to rate the podcast and share it with your friends. Also, follow Aiming for the Moon at Aiming for the Number Moon on Twitter and Insta. And now, sit back and listen to what I thought was a fascinating conversation. Well, welcome, Mr. Curry, to Aiming for the Moon. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. So you are the author of Daily Rituals and Daily Rituals Women at Work. So those are two books about artists and creators and a lot of people who've changed the world in the art perspective, in the filmmaking area, really any influential people you've talked about, a lot of authors and just a lot of people. So why did you write this book? Like, why did you spend all your time researching all these people? Like, what were you gaining from this that you wanted to share? I mean, it really came out of my own um, difficulties trying to be a writer. You know, I um, I decided around college that I wanted to be a writer. And um, I tried to write a novel for a little while after college, and that didn't go very well. And then I was trying to be a journalist. Um, and I, you know, I just had trouble with it, like on a day-to-day level. Like, how do you make the time for it? And how do you stick with it when you feel frustrated and how do you stop procrastinating when it's not going well? And, um, you know, as a result, I was always fascinated by stories about how other people did it, like just on a really day-to-day basic level, like how many hours a day and did they try to write so many words a day? And, um, and not just writers, you know, artists and musicians and composers and filmmakers, like what, like, what was just kind of the their approach in a really basic way. Cause I felt like maybe there's some tricks I could pick up for myself or it just, it kind of felt like productive procrastination. Like, um, you know, you read these stories and you kind of get to what you feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, maybe I could do this too. So what have you, like, have you taken stuff away from these authors and innovators? Have you applied stuff from their lives to your life? Like, have you gained things from their, um, from researching all of this? I mean, I think the biggest thing I gained was just feeling like comforted that like, oh, okay, like if you're flailing around and you're finding it hard and you keep feel like you're stuck every five minutes and it's like takes all this willpower to stick with it. um, Like that's kind of how it goes for so many of these people. It was really for me a relief to read about, especially all these writers who felt like they had to force themselves to the desk and they had to say, okay, just write 500 words or just write one page or, um, you know, and then you get a little reward <laughs> or, um, you know, it, it's like, um, it is, it's, it's this really kind of funny, fragile, uh, fleeting, slippery process. And you see all the ways people kind of try to pin it down and make it something doable. Um, so that was the biggest thing for me was just like, okay, like if I'm having trouble, like maybe I'm actually kind of doing it right, you know? Yeah. 
One of my favorite people to read about in your book, Daily Rituals, was Charles Dickens. Because I think, I can't remember the exact amount of hours that he would sit down, but it was a lot. It was like most of the day. Um, But one of the best things was, I don't know if it was a three-hour period, um, but if he couldn't figure out what to write, he would just doodle and like draw people that were walking by. I don't know. That was really funny to me because I don't picture Charles Dickens, Dickens doodling at all. I just, he doesn't strike me as, you know, that kid in class, he's like drawing smiley faces or whatever. Uh, I just thought that was really funny. Um, How even some of the most famous authors who are very, very well read and like write all the time have their own procrastination stuff. So I thought that was, yeah, like you said, that was really interesting. And because I would love to be a writer. Um, It's it's obviously writing is very hard to do, um, even if you enjoy it. So reading those stories, but it's it's just fun because it's like, okay. I have something in common with this guy, <laughs> even if my writing yeah. ability is nothing like his. I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah, that's kind of the that's the feeling I had working on the book. So I'm glad it came across. And um, I think of Charles Dickens sometimes because I think what that I don't know if I'm remembering exactly right, but I think what he said was he, you know, he didn't have to write, but he couldn't get up from the, you know, he was as long as he sat at the desk for the three hours, then he'd done his job. So it's like if he wasn't writing, that was okay. He could look out the window, he could doodle. But you know what ends up happening is you do end up writing um, if you sit there for three hours. And so sometimes I tell myself that it's like, you know, don't look at your email, don't look at Twitter, don't get up and like dust the bookshelves, like just sit here. And you know, you do often end up actually getting something done. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. It was these people seem to focus on the habit of doing what they do, even if they didn't really get anything done. Like in Dickens' example, um, it was obviously as if you have that time, then you're like, okay, well, I guess I have to write a few words. Um, it's it was interesting. It's what that coming to the table every day and actually doing something, just sitting there, was part of their ritual, even if they didn't get anything done. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think it speaks to how, you know, habit is a way of taking something really difficult and kind of taming it a little bit. You know, like if I'm always amazed at how doing something every day is actually easier than doing it every once in a while. Like um, it's definitely true of writing. You know, you might think it's harder to write every day, but actually if you do it every day, you kind of get into that headspace and it gets easier. And um, or like getting up early in the morning, it's something I used to hate to do, but um, I really, for this book, I ended up finding that I just had to get up early every morning to just have the time to work on it. Um, And it's like, you know, it gets, it gets easier because you do it every day, it becomes a habit. And I think, um, yeah, it's just interesting to me to see that kind of collision of this big work that's kind of super ambitious and really long-term and like, who knows where it's going to go and then trying to control it through these little increments of daily work and daily habits. Yeah, it is. It is really interesting. Like some of the best stuff is written over a very large amount of time, but just done just a little bit every day. Um, so it's it's really interesting. Like you don't have to be Stephen King who writes like how many books a year and gets them published then. It's, it's just a little um, increments of time every day. So that was, that was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, Stephen King, he has a great book about writing called On Writing. And he talks about how he just has a 2000 word quota, which is pretty high. That's like I think that's, I don't know if that's four typed pages. Anyway, it's like, it's a, it's a little bit higher than a lot of people's writing goals. A lot of people don't try to write that much, but anyway, it's like he does 2000 words a day. And, um, you know, if he finishes at 11 AM, then he's done for the day. If he has to go until 6 PM, like that's what he has to do. And, um, I think he does it every day except his birthday, or maybe he used to take his birthday off and now he works even on his birthday. But, um, you know, it's, um, 
yeah, it's like you say, it's breaking it down to a manageable task. And, um, and I think you get a little, you don't quite get addicted to it, but um, there is a sort of, it's like, I, I often hear, I'm not a runner, but I hear about runners saying that if they take a day off from running, they miss it and they feel like they, you know, there's something wrong in that day. And I feel like the same thing is actually true of like writing and other creative activities. It becomes um, something you, you get a little itch to do. I've heard, I we recently interviewed someone um, and he was talking about flow as it goes to focus. And he talked about that actually, um, the flow, even accomplishing something really hard about that and getting into flow and being able to finish it. Although it was really hard, it gives you this high that you still want to keep doing it. So I think that's really interesting. Um, and I guess, I guess if you applied that to daily rituals and what artists and authors would do every day, I guess what they did was they structured their life in a way that they would get flow a little bit every day. And then that would addict them to this process. So I, I guess if we yeah. applied like modern self-help knowledge or whatever, you could find a lot of the deep work and a bunch of the other writing in there as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like so much of our day-to-day life is like we're being pulled in a million directions and there's all this surface level stuff. You have to attend to something and then you, you have to attend to something else. And you're thinking of this and thinking of that. And it's like, um, what you see these artists and thinkers doing is like setting aside time to do one thing at a really high level of concentration. And often it's something that's a really high level of difficulty. And, um, and as frustrating as it can be, it's like, it's so satisfying to, to have that in your life. And um, I think that's where people get a little almost addicted to it. Cause, um, cause yeah, it's like, it's how lucky are you to try to wrestle with big ideas or try to create this big ambitious work on a daily basis. From studying these people, especially the people who have other jobs when they're young writers, um, how would you recommend to people who want to be writers or want to be artists, but haven't made it to the point where they can be a writer or artist and make money with it? So they have to have go to a job or like they have to do the other things in life. What have you learned from these authors and your own experience and how they dealt with that? Yeah, I mean, I think a couple things. I think one thing is that you really can get a lot done in small increments of time. I mean, um, Joseph Heller, who wrote Catch-22, the novel, um, he wrote that book in the evenings after work at his kitchen table after um, working a day job in advertising. And um, he said, you know, he would get a page or two done a day. But if you write a page or two a day, five days a week, you know, that's like 300 pages a year and it adds up. And um, a lot of writers, even, you know, the funny thing is a lot of full-time writers who they have the whole day to it really, I think actually only sit at the desk and write for two or three hours. And so I think a lot of people can carve out maybe not two or three hours, but maybe an hour or half an hour, even with a day job and other commitments. And um, yeah, I think there's also something about like having this really concentrated amount of time where you can get a lot done. Like you you might find, I found this in my life that when you have more time available, you actually don't get that much more done. It becomes kind of like loose, flabby, unfocused time. And when you just have this one hour, it can be like really amazingly uh, focused. Um, The other thing I would say is just like, I think we all have different Kind of things that give us energy and things that take away energy. And I think if you can pay attention to what energizes you and try to f- use that in your daily routine, you know, like, um, you know, some people, if they go out and hang out with friends in the evening, the next morning, they might feel super energized and like 
they want to use that energy in their writing or their artwork. And um, other people like me might feel like super depleted and like, oh gosh, like I, I'm like totally worn out from that. So I think you have to really like look at where you find yourself having creative energy and then like kind of what the circumstances were, you know, were you working in the morning or were you working at night? Were you doing a lot of socializing? Were you spending a lot of time alone? And, and just kind of try to tailor your, your daily routine to, to, give you that energy that you need. So it's like focusing. So you have your goal, you have your ambition, but it's focusing that around your life and then recognizing, okay, hey, I wrote a really good three paragraphs after I hung out with all those friends, or I wrote three horrible paragraphs after I hung out with all those friends. Um, And it's, yeah, as you said, recognizing where you do your best work, then the energy that you get from that. Um, That's, that's really interesting. I'm curious. So have you noticed you research these people from all different centuries? They So I said, did you talk about Shakespeare at all? No, I didn't. I, um, I have been doing some reading about him recently, but he, you know, not that much is known about him. So he's a tricky person to pin down. Yeah, I've heard that some people even think he didn't even write all of his plays that are in his name. So mm-hmm. that would be. <laughs> yeah, there's all these there's all these fun conspiracy theories. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, but anyway, so you've done these people from all over centuries, like so many different centuries and so many different cultures. How has has their methods of focus and has anything changed over those years? Like, did you notice anything with the modern people were very different than Charles Dickens, for example? Like how have you, did you notice anything or did it kind of come down to this is what writers and this is what artists do like over all centuries? It's like the answer is kind of, both. I think in a way, it's what you just said. It it hasn't changed that much from 400 years ago to now. It's like, you have to make the time to do this work. You have to carve out what time you can, and you have to really be with the work and not be pulled in other directions and be distracted. And you have to be a little ruthless about like, this is the time where I'm going to do this thing and I'm not going to let people interrupt me. And um, like, there's a story about I think it was William Faulkner was writing in this house that he was renovating and he would, um, his writing room, he would, the door didn't have a lock and he would take the handle of the door out of the door and carry it with him. So nobody could open the door behind him. So (laughs) that's commitment um, right there. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of stories like that. Um, But then I do think like I did do some interviews with contemporary people and, um, you know, I think it's, it's getting harder. Like everybody talks about, oh my God, the email, you know, the email never stops. And like the, the, the so many more distractions now than there were in like, say the 1800s. So I think it's the same basic thing, but I, I think people today have to be even more vigilant and maybe more ruthless. There's, there's more things they have to kind of keep at bay to do this work. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Recently a movie came out called Tick, Tick, Boom, and it kind of talked about this struggle um, in a really interesting way, I would definitely recommend that movie for those who haven't seen it. But it kind of dealt with the idea of um, you're running out of time in a sense. It was really interesting. I'm not going to spoil the movie, but it's about this guy who feels like he's running out of time and he has to um, publish this. And he's like 30 and he hasn't even done anything great with his life or whatever. And he's so nervous that he's going to miss his chance. It's interesting. Have you come across that with reading about these authors? Is that like a common thread in creatives or is that only like certain people? I think that's pretty common. Yeah, I think 
I think everybody feels that pressure. It's so easy to look at the examples of people who succeeded when they were like 24. And um, it's so easy to not look at the examples of, there's so many people who didn't figure it out until they were 40 or 50 or even older. And um, and so many people who maybe they figured out what they wanted to do, but it took decades to to get it where they were producing work that satisfied their own ambitions and also that other people noticed. And um and some people, you know, ne- you know, famously, a lot of people were never really recognized in their lifetime. But um, you, th- I think the people, as long as they were able to satisfy themselves, it, um, they didn't have any regrets about it. So that's kind of the comforting part, I think, is that it's like, as long as you're working toward, if you have this idea that, of what you're trying to do and you're kind of getting there, I think that should be a comfort versus this idea that you're not becoming famous or rich or recognized. It's about focusing your perspective on why you work. Is it is you, is it showing your art? Is the satisfaction in showing it to people, or is it to yourself? Is it I made this? Is it is it does it satisfy you, or do you want it to satisfy others? I guess would be the the battle there. I think it's about satisfying yourself. I, I mean, I think others are part of it. I don't think you would make it if you didn't have the idea that you're going to share it with other people. Um, it wouldn't be the same just thinking you're going to keep it in a drawer, but. at least in writing, I feel like there's times where you sort of like, you get something right. And it's like, yes, that's what I was trying to do. And it's like, not that often. (laughs) And it's kind of like the feeling I get when I'm reading and you read something, you think, yes, that's exactly what life is like, or like, yes, I've had that exact thought before, but I've never really been able to put it into words. And so, um, yeah, I think that's kind of what keeps you going. And then maybe other people appreciate it. Maybe they don't. Um, but if you are satisfying yourself, I feel like that kind of stuff doesn't bother you as much. Yeah, I want like, what would your advice be for like someone for me, for example, who wants to be a writer who I have a blog, but it's so hard to keep up with a blog with schoolwork and everything else that's going on. How would you recommend to people who want to be creatives and writers nowadays? Like, would you recommend writing daily or writing on the weekends for people who have busy schedules like school or something that's going on? I do think a daily habit can be really powerful. Like even if it's a modest one, like like a half an hour a day, um, I think it's like there is something powerful about that repetition. We kind of talked about this, but um, there's actually there's a great quote by the Japanese novelist um, Haruki Murakami, who um, he when he's writing a novel, he gets up super early and he writes for like three or four hours. And he says, um, I have it in front of me. He says, um, I keep to this routine every day without variation. The repetition itself becomes the important thing. It's a form of mesmerism. I mesmerize myself to reach a deeper state of mind. I think that's kind of true. Like you, you do, you sort of train your brain to get into this special kind of headspace where you can do the work at a different level. Um, So I think that's something to try for as a writer or any kind of creative person. Um, But I also think just like, maybe it's good to play around with it. Like some people, everybody's different. Some people really maybe only write one day a week and that works for them. So um, I think it's like having kind of an experimental attitude about it too. Like, you know, we're supposed to be creative people, like be creative about your habits. Like what, you know, try writing at night, try writing in the morning, try, um, you know, carrying a tape recorder or, or a, you know, a voice memo app while you're going for a walk. You know, like it, a lot of people have found a lot of different ways to get it done. And a lot of people also, their habits might change from project to project or at different points in their life. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I listened to one interview with one of our past guests, and somebody asked him about his writing process, like how he's he wrote two nonfiction books about um, range, actually, is one of them. And he said that um, the interviewer asked him about, like, how did you write your books? And he said, well, honestly, I think this would be a better question for my wife, because I asked her this once, um, and she said, well, you went into the attic and you came back down with a book. Um, so <laughs> I thought that was really interesting because it's like kind of tells about that whole process. Like no one really knows how they do it, but it changes. Um, so I thought, I thought that was an interesting idea there. Yeah. I, I did a little telephone interview with a writer named, um, Nicholson Baker for the first book. And he said he kind of needs a different routine for every book. It's like, and I kind of relate to that. You sort of like the routine ends up and the book kind of go together. And then when it's done, you sort of need a different technique to do a new one. So um, I think that's part of the fun of the process actually is like figuring out like, oh, maybe now I'm actually like doing better work, you know, like at the end of the day or, you know, or when I've just woken up and I kind of I'm still like half asleep. It's, it's, um, it's, it's fun to experiment with it because different, you know, different moods, different times of day, different energy levels, it, it makes the work a little different. So what books have had an impact on you? I mean, there's so many. Um, I feel like I really love reading writers and artists' um, diaries and letters. Like, um, I love their work, but there's something so compelling about seeing them, you know, make this work and seeing them get stuck and flail around. It's similar to the kind of stuff I drew on for the book. Um, I really love... um, that like I, I love Kafka, you know, like I feel like when I was in high school, we read the Metamorphosis and it captures this sort of alienation that I feel like I was especially feeling in high school. But um there's a book of his diaries that are um even more kind of extreme <laughs> uh feeling of alienation and just uh the difficulty of like daily life. And I, I don't know, it's like it's it sounds depressing, but I find it so sort of encouraging. I feel like I have a smile on my face when I read about him like slogging through his horrible job and he lives with his parents and the apartment is noisy. It's like mm, th- those books just like mean a lot to me. I mean, there's something so relatable about that. It's like, well, this guy wrote something great and he had a horrible job and it like th- exactly. seems that life didn't seem to be working out, but then it just, it's so relatable. Uh, there's something about that that's just so personal and everyone seems to experience that. Yeah. And you're kind of cheering along for him. Like there's a moment where he, in one night he writes this whole story, you know, it's now considered this classic short story of European literature. It's like, Oh my God, that's the night he did it. Like he, like you're kind of rooting for him. Like, yes. Like, um, so yeah, I, I love, so yeah, I would say Kafka's diaries, even though it's a weird choice, um, is an important book for me. And then our last question is what advice do you have for teenagers? I think, um, I think when you're a teenager, it's about like figuring out what energizes you what um you know like if you if there's if you just if you can just kind of get a sense of what it is that you have an itch to do what gives you energy what what kind of like keeps nagging at you is something you it's like I feel like there's this advice like do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life and I feel like that's kind of wrong because like 
it's not necessarily about loving it. Like I don't really love writing. A lot of times I really hate it. <laughs> and I also don't feel like I never work a day in my life. I feel like it's a lot of work and sometimes it's really hard work, but I do feel like it's a satisfying problem that I'm trying to solve. And like, that gives me, a, that keeps me coming back to it. And it feels really satisfying when I get it right. So I feel like it's like just kind of trying to figure out what that thing is for you. Like what, what gives you that feeling of like, it's, it's a problem that's just hard enough that you can just barely get it right some of the time. And it kind of keeps you working away at it. It's like a runner's high, but like with something besides running, because running is something I do for sports, but I never want to do it <laughs> just for the fun of it. <laughs> it's like there's, but obviously that runner's high is something that happens and it, you just feel so good after a really hard run. I guess I, I feel that same way when I try to write something, even like an essay for school. It's like, man, I spent two hours writing that and I got a few things done, but I feel, <laughs> thank goodness it's over. And it's like such a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. But, but when you're doing it and you, you kind of like get the sentence just right, like, do you kind of feel like, oh yeah, like. It's like, that was a good I, one. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. I feel like that, that I kind of had those experiences where I think like, Ooh, I hate writing papers, but I kind of really got a special feeling from getting it right in that one moment. I, it, there's something weird about it. Like you hate it, but you also love it at the same time. There's just a weird combination. Yeah. So maybe that's what people should look for. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mr. Curry, for coming on. Um, we had a really interesting conversation. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. When I was originally mapping out this discussion which was who knows how long ago, I had a very different highlight than I do today. Back then, including the day I recorded this interview, I felt trapped in a sea of to-do lists. I was flailing and trying to grab onto some creative life vest. Then I stopped the pressure on myself, and the sea seemed to drain away. However, that's not to say that I didn't still have piles of homework. No, instead I took a break from eating from the moon and the constantly looking ahead. To be honest, it really wasn't a purposeful break. Um, it was more of a mixture of procrastination and life. So that was, that was quite interesting. And I accidentally took a little over a month off. So as, as you guys probably know, I reset my world to how it was about two years ago before aiming for the moon. And I focused back on school, sports, and my social life. Which, the latter being something I've been known to neglect. Um, but now, I'm ready to return for my creative hibernation. The funny thing is, it wasn't just guilt at not posting that has brought me back to this microphone. Actually, two weeks ago, I ended up tearing my ACL playing soccer. Um, after having surgery a few days ago, I've been spending my time between medicine hides, contemplating life. So, yeah, the bright side of this has been that I has completely cleared my schedule, and it has made it a perfect time to record a new episode. I have a few quotes that I would like to share this week. One comes from Mason Curry himself, actually. In the introduction of Daily Rituals, Curry discusses a line of Franz Kafka's, one which I believe he also quoted in this episode, but I can't entirely remember. Anyway, just to refresh your memory, here it is. This is from Franz Kafka. Quote, Time is short, my strength is limited, the office is whore, the apartment is noisy, and if a straightforward life is not possible, then one must try to wriggle through by subtle maneuvers. 
end quote. In response to Kafka, Curry wrote, quote, Poor Kafka! But then, who among us can expect to live a pleasant, straightforward life? For most of us, much of the time, it is a slog, and Kafka's subtle maneuvers are not so much a last resort as an ideal. Here's to wriggling through. End quote. That's from Daily Rituals, the introduction, around page 17. Personally, I really appreciated this idea of wriggling through life. I often find myself twisting around to finish not just projects others assign to me, but also the projects I assign to myself. For instance, the podcast. Sometimes I drop the ball <laughs> on one, like these past few months on Aiming for the Moon. I have yet to drop the ball on both, although I'm sure it'll happen at some point. But this brings me to my third quote and kind of final thought of this discussion. Over spring break, which now feels like forever ago, I picked up Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. Aurelius commented in section 3.43, I guess is how you cite it, that, quote, there is a river of creation, and time is a violent stream. As soon as one thing comes into sight, it is swept past and another is carried down. It, too, will be taken on its way, end quote. That's around page 31 of my translation. I guess time is what all creators struggle with, and being able to create in all of its formations, in all of the different nooks of the river, I guess to put it in Aurelius's term. Honestly, I'm not sure how to balance creativity in life. I guess that's a journey within its own right. All I can do is gather what others have told me and continue on to collect my own thoughts. However, for now, I'm going to try to create with the flow of the river and relax a not just a little, a lot, because you only see this part of the stream once. Might as well enjoy it while you're here. Anyway, I, since I'm still reoiling the aiming for the moon part of my brain, I'm not entirely sure what episode I want to release next. I definitely have a few in mind. At the same time, though, I'm not sure whether I'll return to releasing once a week or change it to bi a bi-weekly model. As I mentioned, I'm recovering from knee surgery, so my schedule is definitely up in the air, to put it lightly. But I'll figure it out. The podcast is definitely going to continue through all of this craziness. Um, if you are noticing weird recording sounds and birds, it's because it's apparently incredibly hard to walk upstairs with a torn ACL and on crutches. So I'm actually sitting outside as the sun sets, so, which is beautiful, but also incredibly loud. So hopefully it hasn't been too distracting. Um, all of the books that have been mentioned throughout this episode are probably linked through our Amazon affiliate page. Those will be below this episode in episode notes or description, whichever one um, your podcast app shows you. So, and if you buy the books through those links, not only do you get a great read, but you also help support the show. So I guess to wrap up in general, if you've liked what you hear today, rate the show. Each episode takes a surprising amount of time to produce, especially since I'm a student trying to balance everything else that's going on, and now apparently an injured knee, so that's great. Um, yeah, so subscribe for new content, um, which is going to come out soon. And yeah, if you liked it, share it around and follow us at aiming the number four moon on Insta and Twitter. And if you'd like to check out my other meanderings, go to taylorgbloodso.com. And I guess with that, don't forget to set your sights high and aim for the moon. Mm -hmm.